0: When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The words, it is finished, are the English translation of one Greek word, titalastai. Alistair Begg writes that this one word contains an ocean of meaning in a drop of language on this good friday i want us to wade into that ocean of meaning just a little bit where we certainly find three magnificent truths the first truth is this jesus paid the debt that our sins had incurred it is finished literally means paid in full Our sins have racked a spiritual debt up to God that we could never pay back. And it's a debt we keep accumulating day after day, moment by moment. And and our legalistic tendencies want to... And by the way, at heart, we're all drawn to legalism. We have to overcome that. But our legalistic tendencies are drawn to the idea of settling our bill with God through our own works. So legalism leads us to believe if we're good enough, that we will gain entrance into God's acceptance. Our, our accounts can be balanced if we have more good works on the ledger than bad works. Or our legalistic tendencies believe if we are really religious and we're, we're very spiritual that we can earn God's approval. Legalism even whispers a strange kind of competition into our ear, our souls, that we don't have to be perfect to be accepted by God. We know we'll never be perfect. But, if we can be better people, than most people, if we can be more honest than the average person, if we can be kinder to the poor, more compassionate to the hurting, more caring to the lonely, that certainly God will say, He's, she's better than most. You have earned your salvation. It doesn't work that way. We know that as we celebrate Good Friday. The Bible tells us God doesn't grade on a curve. God has one standard. One standard. Perfect sinlessness. Perfect holiness. That is His standard. And by that standard, Isaiah tells us that even our good works are like filthy rags to God. Nothing we could ever do, nothing we could ever offer could ever pay the debt that we owe to God. So we stand before God with an infinitely huge debt and empty hands and no means to pay that debt back. On the cross, Jesus said, tetelestai. It is paid in full. In Jesus' day, they used to take bills And they used to write, tetelestai, across the bill, and it meant paid in full. This bill is settled. The debt that our sin has incurred was paid in full by Jesus on the cross on that first Good Friday. And when we place our faith in God and in Jesus Christ, God sees our debt as paid in full by His Son's death on the cross. On that day when the Christian stands before God and the ledgers are opened, and our infinitely massive debt is brought before us, and we stand there with empty hands, no way to pay it back, what we will find on that day is Jesus standing forward for us and saying, Father, I have paid this debt in full with My blood it is finished it is paid in full and the father will say you are fully forgiven and you are fully righteous your debt has been paid in full we owe nothing further to god for our sins for it has been paid the debt has been paid in full A second ocean of meaning we find in this drop of language is this Jesus drank the cup of God's wrath to the very bottom, to the dregs. You'll remember that in Gethsemane, Monday, Thursday, Jesus prayed with agony that if it be your will, Father, take this cup from me. What cup? What was in the cup? Let me just say this, it's not His death on the cross that was in the cup. That is not what caused Him to sweat blood, to agonize in the garden of Gethsemane. Many, many brave men and women have faced excruciating deaths with a cheerful heart. And Jesus, the best and noblest and strongest and most courageous man of all, did not waver and falter where others have gone boldly. It wasn't His death on the cross that was causing Jesus such distress of heart. It was what was in the cup that distressed Jesus. What was in that cup? We see throughout Scripture that this cup is the cup of the wrath of God over sin. Jeremiah 25, verse 15-17 through 17 says, For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Take this cup of the wine of wrath from My hand and cause all the nations to whom I send you to drink it. The cup of God's wrath. That's what Jesus was about to drink to the dregs on the cross. Now, the idea that God has wrath for us and for our sins is not a popular idea today in liberal Christian churches. Many teachers are mocking that idea and moving away from that idea Comparing God pouring out His wrath on Jesus for our sins as some kind of cosmic child abuse. They portray it as an angry God who needs to be placated. And Jesus stepped forward and said, Father, don't take it out on them. Take it out on Me. These false teachers do not understand the beauty or the power or the necessity of the cup of God's wrath being emptied. And they don't understand the necessary relationship between love and anger. Moral outrage against evil is as vital to love as compassion is to love. Love and anger have to go together wherever there is moral evil. The more a father loves his daughter, the more outraged, the more angry he will become at somebody trying to hurt her. If a a serial killer stood before a judge to be sentenced for his crimes, and that judge came down from the bench, wept and hugged the serial killer, and said, I love you too much. To feel anger for the evil that you have done. Or to punish you for the crimes you have committed. He or she would not be a loving judge. They would not be a loving person. They would be an unjust, unloving, and cruel person. And a cruel judge. And a perversion to the name of justice. You see, sin destroys. Sin corrupts. Wherever it spreads like a cancer. Wherever it is not. Addressed. If God allowed even the smallest sin to go unpunished, it would begin to grow and grow and grow. It would corrupt. It would pollute. It would destroy. Eventually, polluting and corrupting not only all of creation, but the very character of God. God Himself would become corrupt for letting sin go Moral evil go unpunished. Justice would be destroyed. Heaven would become hell. God is so loving that He has righteous wrath against sin. And it has been stored up over history in a cup. The cup of His righteous, loving, good wrath. It's a terrifying cup, but it's also a good cup. And I want us to remember something else as we consider this cup. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one God, not three gods. So the wrath is the Father's wrath and the Son's wrath and the Spirit's wrath. Not the Father's wrath only. And the cross doesn't represent God the Father's anger and God the Son's love. The cross represents God the Father's, God the Son, and God the Spirit's wrath and God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love. The cross represents God's hatred for sin and His love for us. Don't ever think Jesus did the hard part by dying on the cross, what He did was beyond, beyond hard. Words cannot describe it. But what I mean is, don't think that the Son took the hard part of redemption upon Himself and the Father the easy part. Any parent knows, any parent knows, they would rather suffer than watch their child suffer. God the Father who has loved and delighted in His Son from everlasting eternity past for Him to turn His face away from His Son and pour out the cup of His wrath for our sins upon His Son. Well, it was intensely painful for the Father and therefore intensely loving as well because He did it out of love for us. As the sky darkened and God poured out His righteous wrath on Jesus and Jesus willingly drank it to the dregs, not one drop of wrath for our sins was left in the cup. Not one drop. When we believe in Jesus, we are rescued from the wrath of God by the love of God. Because it wasn't God's wrath that hung on the cross, that hung Jesus on the cross. It was God's love. As Alicia just read. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his love, his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have been now justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Second drop of our ocean of meaning is that Jesus drank the cup of God's wrath to the very dregs. And finally, it is finished, assures those who trust in Jesus, That we have been rescued from hell and saved for eternity. Isn't that good news? Isn't that wonderful news? Listen, I I, I love Alistair Begg's quote. There's an ocean of meaning in a drop of language. But in that ocean of meaning, here are some meanings you will not find in the entire ocean. It is finished does not mean I've done my part and now it's up to you. That meaning is not in that ocean. It doesn't mean I've done all that I can do. I hope it's enough. That meaning is not in that ocean. Our salvation has been fully accomplished by Jesus' death. The resurrection assures us of that. God's wrath was completely satisfied. He was completely satisfied with all that Jesus bore on the cross. Why he raised him, and we'll celebrate that Sunday. Jesus saved us from hell, from hell, and for eternity. Our part is to believe in Jesus. Our part is to look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Trust in Jesus. And when we trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are saved. We're not maybe saved. We're not hope we're saved. We're not saved if we, you know, just do enough right to add to what Jesus did. All that is necessary to save us was done on the cross. And all we do is trust in Him and look to Him. We are saved. No doubt. No question. Someone might say, but I still fall into sin. Yes, but Jesus paid for that sin in full. Someone says, but I don't walk with God as closely as I ought to walk. Yes, but you aren't saved by how closely you walk with God. You are saved by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Someone says, I don't love God as deeply as I should. Yes, but you are not saved by how much you love God. You are saved by how much God Loves you. It's how much God loves you that has saved you. We just look to Christ and trust in Him. When Jesus was asked how much He loves us, He spread His arms wide open on the cross and said, I love you this much. The cup of God's wrath has been emptied. The debt we owe to God For our sin has been paid in full. And we, by trusting in Christ, have been saved from death and for eternity. Praise Him for that. It is finished. Father, we thank You for what You, Your Son, and the Spirit have accomplished for us. And we give You the praise, the love, and the glory In Jesus' name.